Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Looks like Ty Ratty is getting close to returning for your Edmonton Oilers. He practiced today. You'll hear from him later on this half hour. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer today. Good to talk to you. Also, the Eskimos announcing their team nominees for the CFL Awards. Outstanding player is Riley. On defense, it's Sherritt. Canadian is Botang. Lineman is Matt O'Donnell. Special teams is Sean White. And rookie is Money Hunter. And they'll pair it down to the division finalists, and then the CFL Awards in Edmonton during Grey Cup week. Unfortunately, the Eskimos uh, ain't going to be in the game. They have one game left. They're out of the playoffs. So it's going to be a doubleheader on Saturday here on 6.30, Chad. That'll be fun. 12.30 for the countdown to kickoff. Eskimos and Bombers at 2. And then at 5, we'll have the Oilers and the Red Wings and then overtime open line after that game. Oilers game tomorrow. They take on the Chicago Blackhawks. 5.30 face-off show and puck drop at 7 right here on 6.30, Chad. Pleased to welcome back to Oilers now, former Oilers defenseman Chris Joseph. Hey, Chris, thanks for your time. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's always great to talk to you. I know you're doing some exciting stuff here with the Oilers Hockey Institute, uh, which we're going we're to get into. I, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball at you off the top, nothing that I don't think will embarrass you. Uh, I just had Ken Reed on the show, who uh, has his book out called Hockey Card Stories 2. Um, so, like, when you were a kid, were you a hockey card collector? And then I guess the follow-up to that is when you became an NHL player, um, you know, did you seek out your, your first actual hockey card with your picture on it? Was that a big deal? Yeah, it, it is a big deal as a player. Um, as a kid, um, you know, I, I collected them, but I was never that type of guy that took pristine care of my cards. I would take them to school every day, and I'd look at my buddy, and he'd have Gretzky, Lemieux, and I'd say, got him, got him, need him. And we would throw them up against the wall to play and see who would win closest to the wall would would win the cards and uh, we used to do that all the time in elementary school and we had a blast so all my great cards from the early days Guy Lafleur, Bobby Orr even Wayne Gretzky later on like they were beat up um, but I was a collector and I got a lot of them at home and they're just not in really good shape that's the only downside <laughs> and you and how many of your own cards do you have if if any if you hung on to any well, I tried to keep them all. Uh, some I have maybe, you know, two or three. Some I have maybe 10 or 20. Um, I ended up probably having about, I'd say, about 10 or 15 different cards over the years. So you tried to keep as many as you can. And, you know, people laugh because I had a lot of hair back then. <laughs> they always, they're like, hey, who's that young guy? When people come up to you and, and want an autograph, like, do they often have a card, or do they just want you to sign something else, or have they ever pulled out a card where you're like, man, I can't believe someone has that, and they want me to sign it? No, usually they don't have the cards on them. Um, sometimes we get mail, and the cards are sent in the mail, which is great. But a lot of times, if, I, if I'm doing stuff around Edmonton and I'm working with kids, they want me to sign their jersey or their stick or their water bottle, that kind of thing, or whatever they have. Maybe they bring an Oilers pennant. Um, but usually they have something 
Uh, and if not, they get whatever they get whatever sign they can at the moment. Okay. Well, I, I know you, you were busy up until one thirty, and thanks for popping on. But we did have Ken Reed on the show, who, uh, of course, used to work here in Edmonton. Now he's on Sportsnet. So his book is Hockey Card Stories, too. He has 50,000 hockey cards, Chris. 50,000. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fan. Yeah, he, he's into it. I guess that's a way to put it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty fun stuff. Hey, uh, you're involved here with the Oilers Hockey Institute uh, registration is now open for uh, the fall session. Uh, of course, uh, the Oilers also have the, their hockey school, uh, Little Oilers uh, as well. This one is going to have a focus on technical skill development in fall of uh, 2018. Chris, just, just tell me a little bit, about, first of all, about you know getting on the ice there uh, with kids and with, with some former Oilers and uh, trying to help some kids grow their game a bit. Well, um, Fernando and I are kind of spearheading uh, the structure to the program and we both work at the sports academy in st albert we both coach our kids and and you know we can't really play at the high level anymore but we're still very very passionate about hockey so we want to get out there and we want to make sure number one the kids have fun and number two they pick up some skills that maybe they're not going to get it from uh coaches that don't have the experience that we have so there's a lot of little tricks of the trade that we can teach um but we're going to be mostly teaching the fundamentals so they kids get their repetitions in and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun and we have three or four we have three different camps that have uh, different focuses so one would be uh, checking and defensive skills one will be scoring and shooting and another one will be uh, more of individual skills all around so we got a lot of different things on the go uh, and we're really excited to be helping out and working with the kids uh, you know, obviously you mentioned fun's going to be a big part of it, and, and that's great. And, uh, you know, I, I had Drew Remend on Inside Sports tonight, and he goes, everybody goes to the rink hoping they're going to score. Even the defenseman who hasn't scored in, in 200 games, you know, a, a shutdown defenseman in the NHL. In the back of his mind, he wants to score. Uh, how do you sort of balance that maybe just desire that kids might have to get the pocket, just go, and all that energy with uh, sort of like, hey, let's remember we got to do all these things uh, first before the puck goes in the net. Well, I think we try to teach kids that, you know, yes, we all want to score, but how are you going to get there? You can't just hope that you're going to score. Uh, so you have to work on some of your skills. And if that means you have to become a better skater to help you score, then you got to do it. If that means you have to work on understanding uh, some of the principles on, you know, back-checking so that you're able to get the puck, then you got to do it. And I think most kids agree that they they – they want to be a 200-foot hockey player, and they, they need to be if they're going to score goals. So they all are excited to learn new skills. If they can pick up a skill, even if it's stopping and starting, uh, if they think that's going to help them score more goals, then they're going to do it. Oilers Hockey Institute out of the downtown community arena. Of course, for more information and to register, edmontonoilers.com slash youth hockey. This is starting, is it November 12th that's starting? Yeah, November 12th, we run uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, they're short, three-day camps. So it'll be, uh, for the 12th, it would be Monday the 12th, the 17th, and the 25th. And so they would run, they would run Monday, 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 and then the, the next camp would be Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. And then we were doing the same type of thing in December.
All right. Uh, Chris, I, I know you keep an eye on the current edition of the Oilers. Uh, I, I'm not going to ask you to, to fix the, the, the penalty kill, but uh, you, you know what that's like uh, to, to have a rough night uh, on the PK and then to have to bounce back the next game. It happens to, it happens to everybody. When you, when you went through a rough special teams night, uh, was it just a matter of, of getting out there and grinding in practice, watching some, some, some tape of uh, maybe what led to some of the goals? How would, uh, how would you approach that when you played? It's um, you immediately have to try to refocus because it's easy to get down in the dumps. You know, we had a rough night and things didn't work. But, you know, one of the perks of being in the NHL is that you got another game right away. So you have a chance to erase all the the negative stuff. Um, And a lot of times it just takes refocus as an individual and refocus as a unit. So if, you know, your your PK units are not working, sometimes a little video session will help. And then, uh, you know, to go along with that, yeah, put your hard hat back on and get back to work. And that's pretty much how players do it around the NHL. And um, all the players are good. All the systems are pretty good. It's just which team can implement their system the best and uh, find that chemistry again. And, you know, that's all you do. You put your hard hat back on, get back to work, and maybe just try to refocus so you don't dwell on some of the negatives that you had in the past. Yeah, well said. Well, Chris, it's always great to catch up with you. I'm sure I'll see you around uh, the rink in Studio 99 as we're doing our Oilers broadcast this year. Thanks for uh, giving us the lowdown on the Oilers Hockey Institute because sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, edmontonoilers.com slash youth hockey. We'll talk to you down the road, buddy. Okay, thanks, Reid. That is Chris Joseph checking in today on uh, Oilers Now. So he's uh, him and Fernando Pisani taking the lead there with uh, some of the Oilers Hockey Institute goings on. And uh, they're going to be having fun with a lot of kids here throughout the fall. This day in Oilers history is presented by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at Value Park at Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. Brandon Escott, what did you find in the archives today? Uh, how appropriate, Reed, that in 1995, the Oilers beat the New Jersey Devils on Halloween night 2-1, the final with goals from Jason Arnott and David Oliver. Bill Ranford makes 39 saves. Now Arnott would turn around to win the Stanley Cup with the Devils just four seasons later. Uh, did he not Did he not score the overtime winner in Game 6 against the Stars in 2000? I was but a wee tyke at that point, so I, 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 think I he did. recall. I think he did. Uh, and David Oliver, uh, now an assistant coach. In the National Hockey League. So there you go. That is a good one. And yes, thank you for the devil theme on Halloween. Bonus for you. By the way, did you see what we got to have for lunch today? Intestines in a bag. Well, it's taco in a bag. Oh. Don't make people think that's actually what we're serving at 630 Chet. That might be, is, is that the healthiest lunch you could possibly have? Taco in a bag? I can't think of one. You got the four food groups, chips, meat, cheese, and salsa. You're covered. Don't forget sour cream. That was a pretty big chunk Well, of mine. similar, yeah, good point. Similar to cheese, but those are the four food groups. You got Correct. your chips, you got your meat, you got your uh, sour cream slash uh, cheese, and uh, you got your salsa. So you're covered. So I'm as healthy as I've ever been. It is 145. You'll hear from Ty Ratty. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer. It's 145. This is Oilers Now.
with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, really appreciate you tuning in today. Hope you're having a great afternoon. It's 147. Reed Wilkins sitting in for Bob Stoffer. Always great to talk to you. Of course, I'll be with you from 6 to 8 tonight on Inside Sports. Brendan Escott is our producer for Oilers now. And uh, are you going to be on the Eskimo sidelines? With uh, Ulrich on Saturday, it will be. And as far as I know, I'm I'm the guy you're going to be hearing from. So are you do? Are you actually doing it now? I found that out the oh, hard great. way from Morley. He comes up to me and just kind of acts as if I already knew that. So away we go for uh, game uh, game 18, I suppose. Well, that's uh, I, I I did that on a fill-in basis over the years, maybe I, I don't know three or four games, and it, it's it's interesting being on the sidelines for a football game. Tell tell me what you think. I'll I'll, I'll give you this. It, it's not a great place to watch a football game from. Obviously, depending on where the ball is, but you do get a unique perspective on, um, you know, some of the action and the speed and the physicality. And uh, I found you better be alert when the ball's on that side of the field. Because you know, even if, if you stand what around the thirty, on the south yeah, side of the boats. field, on yep. the Eskimos sideline side, correct? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, even if uh, the team has the ball on their own forty-five, there could be a guy going for a deep one down the sideline or running a corner that's coming right at you. So you can't get too caught up on oh, I'm just gonna just gonna watch the ball and I'll be fine. Because <laughs> sometimes guys still get pushed out of bounds or there's action that takes guys towards you. Exactly, and, and you kind of touched on it there. The You don't realize how physical the sport actually is, even away from the ball. Like There is always the sound of the crack of the shoulder pads and the helmets. It's, now I understand why they only play once a week. I always kind of had that idea. But when you get to experience it from you know 10 yards away sometimes, it is mind-boggling that what these guys go through. Well, what about the video of a couple of weeks ago of Duke Williams? Uh, running over was it Peters? He ran over the Just BC cornerback. Yeah, yeah, that was who awesome. was kind of was saying like, "Come on, it. bring it to me." And Williams, <laughs> Williams actually got fined for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, and you make a good point. I mean, you're, obviously, we know football is physical, but when you actually get that close to it, and you see how much is going on away from the ball, or yeah. even on a running play that goes to the other side, the receiver and his DB are still going to engage. You know, they're still going to knock each other. The receiver is still trying to stop the DB from getting over to that side of the field. Well, good for you for doing that. Unfortunately, there's nothing on the line in the game, uh, but it is the uh, 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous game as well. So we encourage you to bring a toy or a donation for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous because we're getting that wrapped up for Christmas. So. And you get to put it right on the field. Is that correct? That was kind of my understanding. Yeah, you they're going to the build the, uh, what do they call it, the mountain of toys. So right. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we appreciate, of course, uh, anybody. And, and, and I should say this, the Santa's Anonymous drops stuff off at Chad, you're going to see the donation box around the city. So uh, we always appreciate that if uh, that if you want to help out. That's pretty cool. Ty Ratty, back practicing uh, with the Edmonton Oilers today. Of course, he's been on injured reserve. Just uh, side muscle, like uh, oblique, I guess you could call it. Um, I feel good, though. I feel really good. I've uh, been skating by myself for the last week with, with the training staff and, and uh, last couple days with the team and uh, back to 100%. So uh, I feel well. Um, just ready to get back in there, and I want to help out the team any way I can. Okay. Maybe, could he be activated for tomorrow? I guess it's possible if he says he's 100% and he's back practicing. McClellan said when it first happened, probably going to be a couple of weeks. I think we're just shy of that right now. So maybe uh, maybe 
Braddy back tomorrow. What does he say about it? Day to day right now, I guess, is the best I can put it. Um, I, I feel good. I'm progressing in the right, right way. And, and now it's, just a, it's a matter of how my body reacts to skates and stuff like that. But uh, uh, right now I feel good, and, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, it'd be good to see him back. I, I think he... Uh, gets the spot back with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. I know he doesn't have gaudy point totals, but I, I thought he was was doing his thing and helping that line when he was playing through, well, basically the, the first half of the set of games that the Oilers have played so far this season. They are 6-4-1 and one coming off the loss to uh, Minnesota last night. And Todd McClellan made the point, there was so much focus on that first eight games for the Oilers or, or the first 10 or even just the first month of 11 games. Could they be 500? Could they get through it? The record itself, uh, I think, is 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 decent. They're they're in the mix with a bunch of teams. I mean, the Pacific Division at the moment, Brendan, is not not scaring anybody. Uh, you know, San Jose didn't start, I think, as well as they would have liked. Uh, Calgary's doing okay, but the Oilers are are right there. You know, maybe Vancouver might be overachieving compared to some expectations, but there's it's it's kind of a softer-looking division at the moment. We'll see how that goes. But uh, you know, the, it's not as if the Oilers got through that this part of the schedule, and and now it gets easier. I mean, Chicago's having a good year. Took the Oilers to overtime. Then you're playing four and six on the road. Colorado and Montreal are both uh, doing well. Montreal, would you say Montreal's got to be one of the biggest surprises, wouldn't you think? Without a doubt, their uh, their new acquisitions between Domi and Kokaniemi and and Price coming back around, it's not going to hold up, in my opinion. Well, but maybe it, it will. It's, though. it's a great story. I mean, last year, okay, th- th- last year, oh, the Avalanche won't hold up for the Avalanche. I mean, there's always like a, you know, there's four to six teams every year that drop out of the playoffs and then four to six new ones move in. Uh, you know, I think Buffalo's hanging on to a playoff spot still, right? Maybe maybe, maybe they climb in, and, and hopefully the Oilers are one of the teams who are out, who, who, are, uh, who are able to climb in. But California road trip later this month, so there's not really a section of games where you go like, oh, Pasha, that's easy, they'll just they'll just win those, and Raddy certainly knows that. They've been playing very well, that road trip went very well, the homestand went very well, so uh, we have to take care of uh, one more tough team tomorrow at home, and then we're going on a tough road trip. But uh, right now, all things are good, and, and we're happy with where we're at. All right, so that's uh, that's Ty Ratty, who uh, has been a pretty good story here for the Oilers. Uh, I, again, the Oilers are, are are searching for other forwards to produce points. You are going to get points from Nugent Hopkins. You are going to get points from McDavid. You are going to get points from Dreisaitl. And you, you have several players on the team who have uh, underwhelming point totals, several guys still waiting to score. I mean, what did Craig Stimson say? I mean, we're at the point of the season, 10, 11 games in, you multiply by eight. Well, most of their forwards are on pace for eight goals. Even if you give them the guys with zero, even if you give them the benefit of, of saying, okay, they're going to get one eventually. So so that's pretty concerning. Uh, I think Strom has played okay, even though he doesn't have a point. And quite frankly, if Lucic could finish, Strom could have three or four assists. Uh, and he's had a couple close calls. But, yeah, I mean, even even now you get down to the point where 11, 12, 13 games into the season where I think you have to say, okay, by now your fourth liner should have a point or two as and opposed to nothing. To piggyback onto what you're saying then, Reed, at what point, in your opinion, is it time to reach for external help so as to not let the season get away? If the guys you have aren't doing it, when do you say, when do you acknowledge that for real? And find somebody else. I don't can, know. I, I mean, I, tough, I, right? I can't give you. I, 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 I'm not trying to brush aside the question because it's a very good question. But again, who are the Oilers trading to actually get, say, a middle six forward, like a good second or third liner? 
I mean, I don't know. That's they're they're still not in a great situation with trades. Um, they're not in a great situation defensively. I, I mean, we had the texter earlier, or what was it? The caller said the the bottom pair is a concern. Fair enough. I I still think Matt Benning is is a is a good defenseman. If Sekra comes back and is healthy whenever he comes back, that changes the dynamic, but we're a long way from that. Maybe it depends how long the Oilers stay afloat. And look, despite last night's games and the concerns, it doesn't make me want to throw in the towel on the season or say you get a retool of the roster. For me personally, I'm actually not overly surprised how it's gone for Edmonton. I thought McDavid would power the offense. I thought if Talbot would better or were better, they would be better. Uh, I know he was out goaltended by Staylock. He was out goaltended by Murray. Fair comment, but he's played pretty good in the wins, and he's helped them get to six wins. And, and obviously Koskinen got one against Nashville. And despite the special teams disaster last night, the special teams, mostly the power play, has been better than last year. So that's why they've swung their record slightly from where it was at this point last year. And and if they keep going in this, I mean, this is what I said all summer. I think they can be a bubble playoff team, and if their good players are good enough, I, I saw them sneaking into the playoffs. But I don't see them as a good cup contender, and I don't know they're at the point where, even if they were just somehow able to add a really good forward, I, I don't know if that would vault them up very high, much higher in my estimation. Like from a middle-of-the-pack team to a, you know, really bona fide cup contender in the league. That that's how I continue to see the team. But I mean, I don't think the season's going to go down the tubes, and I don't think they're going to run away with the division or have a playoff spot locked up in in early March. I think it's going to be a fight to the end. Brendan, thanks, buddy. Tomorrow, Sportsnet's Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, solar. Bob Stoffer will be back tomorrow. I will have Inside Sports tonight. Kelly Rudy, Brian Williams will be on the show. Going to be a lot of fun. Hey, really appreciate that you tuned in. Hope you have a great afternoon ahead of you. My name is Reed Wilkins. Take care. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.